one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This is Intercepted. I'm Nausicaa Renner, Washington editor with The Intercept. In the past year, there's been something missing from coverage of the coronavirus pandemic a hole at the center of the story. We've heard a lot about COVID deniers, people who think the pandemic is fake or that COVID isn't a big deal or that the vaccines that are saving literally thousands of lives are actually biological agents or something. We don't need the CEOs of big companies forcing experimental biological agents on anyone. A vaccine may be with us, but it comes with a flare up in the age old struggle with anti-vaxxers whose damaging narratives appear to be growing in strength. You're about to hear from a doctor and a nurse, medical professionals who have had contact with patients. They happen to be anti-vaxxers and conspiracy theorists. Do you want to be called known for a communist dictators? Is this the legacy you want to be known for? This is a human rights issue that we cannot mandate. Human beings take experimental agents. Always use the word experiment when you talk about this, always. That this Socialists win the war on, win the language wars, right? But it's been a mystery as to why some people on the right have been pushing such a damaging narrative. Why push people not to get COVID vaccines and instead to take drugs that are ineffective against the disease? What do they get out of it? Maybe we should have guessed. The answer is money. A major setback in the hopes that the drug hydroxychloroquine could be used as a possible treatment for coronavirus. A clinical study indicates the drug touted by President Trump does not work and, in fact, may have a high death risk. I want to begin by discussing ivermectin, which has been circulating on social media as a type of alternative, unproven treatment for COVID. Actual medical studies have shown so far that it does nothing to treat COVID-19, but demand is still spiking. This year, doctors associated with a right-wing network have been consulting with people across the U.S., promoting and prescribing some of these drugs. And that network of healthcare providers is making millions. I'm Micah Lee. I'm the Director of Information Security at The Intercept. Micah has been reporting on this network of right-wing doctors and the platforms they've been using. He was recently provided with a bunch of data. So I was contacted by a hacker who is anonymous. I don't know their identity, but they basically just told me that they hacked these two companies, Cadence Health and RavQ, 
and asked if I'm interested in the data. And they said that these seem to be the companies that the America's frontline doctors are uh, using to basically sell people quack COVID cures. And they just sent me a lot of data. So um, hundreds of thousands of patient records from Cadence Health and hundreds of thousands of prescription records from the pharmacy Ravco. That's a lot of names. For those of us who don't follow COVID conspiracy groups or online medical services, let's start from the beginning. There's a group called America's Frontline Doctors, and they formed in the middle of 2020 during the pandemic. We will continue to stand for liberty. We will continue to speak the truth. We are dedicated. We are united. We are America's Frontline Doctors. And they've spent the whole pandemic lying to the public about the safety of vaccines, basically saying that there's alternate treatments for COVID-19 when the science just doesn't back that up. The group's founder, Simone Gold, she is a physician from California. And I come before you on behalf of America's Frontline Doctors, which is a volunteer physician organization that we started. She still has her physician's license. I know that there's a movement of people trying to get some accountability on her. I've never seen anything like this where we have groups of physicians or scientists and government bureaucrat agencies essentially lying to the American people and people across the world. She, you know, is partially known because she got arrested for storming the Capitol on January 6th. So she is the founder of this group and the main spokesperson. So let's talk about these, what I call, I, I think it's most properly called experimental biological agents. You might hear me use that phrase. Definitely you should not be calling this the COVID-19 vaccines. The People have known that this has been going on for a long time. There's like always snake oil salesmen, and there always have been. But I think that uh, what this story really shows is the major financial incentive behind it. One of the things that American Frontline Doctors does is they actually like have a big button on their website that says get medication. And we made getting hydroxychloroquine available um, for the entire nation by going to our website then you can consult with a telemedicine doctor and whether you have COVID or you don't have COVID or you're just worried about getting COVID, you can get yourself a prescription and they mail it to you. So first they spread a lot of misinformation about medication that they claim is cures. And then they, you know, offer a way for people to get it and you click get medication and you go to their telemedicine partners website. There's like an intake form and then you put in your credit card and pay $90. Then after that, you get a call from a physician that prescribes you the medicines you want, and then those prescriptions get filled by a pharmacy. And um, it turns out that those $90 payments make a lot of money, and also so do those drug sales. Yeah, when you put it all together, how much money were they actually making off of this? And and who was profiting? So we have um, data from two companies that were hacked, Cadence Health and... Ravco. Cadence Health is all the patient records. So we saw that 255,000 people were referred to Cadence Health from America's Frontline Doctors. We have two months of of this data, and these two months of this data from like mid-July to mid-September, 72,000 people paid these $90 consultations. And so we estimated that they made $6.7 million for phone consultations. And that's just for the consultations, not actually for 
selling the actual medicine that was more money. And we should note that the AP also reported that lots of people were paying that $90 for a telemedicine consultation and then never even getting a call back. Yeah, I actually got a handful of people after we published the story responding to my tweets on Twitter saying like, yeah, I paid $90 and they never called me. Like, this is crap. So from what we can tell from like looking at archives of American Frontline Doctors website and doing a bunch of other similar research, we found that the data that we have started July 16th, but that America's Frontline Doctors actually started doing this wholesaling consultations in January. So that means that between January and July, we just don't have that data. They were making like over $3 million a month in the last two months of data that we have. And we don't have the first like seven months of data. Right. And we also know that this other company, Ravku, the pharmacy distributing these prescriptions, billed upwards of $8 million. Yeah, $8.5 million is what we could tell from the hacked data. So that from Ravku, was, there was a, a, a few pieces of data, but the, the main one that we used was this basically spreadsheet of 340,000 prescriptions. And the vast majority of prescriptions that this pharmacy was filling were for... Um, these like quack remedies. And so we could tell that Ravku charged people $4.7 million for ivermectin, $2.4 million for azithromycin, $1.2 million for hydroxychloroquine, and then uh, like considerably less for zinc and vitamin C. But basically, these are all drugs that the far right conspiracy world is like swearing are cures for COVID when the science just doesn't back that up. So for Ravku, which is the pharmacy website, um, they're the ones who are fulfilling prescriptions for hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin. You got basically a list of 340,000 prescriptions. So what, what did you notice about that list of prescriptions right away? So basically, Ravku, that data was a huge spreadsheet. And one of the columns of the spreadsheet was the drug name. And so what I did is I basically like wanted to, to count how many of each drug was prescribed. But basically, I like wrote some code that goes through this and counts how many of each type of drug, how many prescriptions there were for it. And then I kind of simplified it to just be like, oh, everything that is clearly ivermectin, count that as ivermectin. Everything that's clearly hydroxychloroquine, count that as hydroxychloroquine. And after doing that, we ended up realizing that about 13% of the drugs were not these unproven cures for COVID. And the rest of them, like the vast majority of the drugs sold, were. So 27% of all of these prescriptions were for hydroxychloroquine. And, and the spreadsheet of data also had uh, the, the cost of the drug, like the cost to the patient, and so we could tell that patients paid $1.2 million for hydroxychloroquine. 19% was for ivermectin. And patients paid $4.7 million for ivermectin. And then there, the other big drug is azithromycin. Basically, this is one of the uh, drugs that, that America's frontline doctors and then later Trump like heavily promoted as like the hydroxychloroquine cocktail is hydroxychloroquine, azithromycin, <laughs> and zinc. And so basically, like, this combination of drugs is being sold a lot. And overall, basically, we did the math and found out that 
patients paid about $8.5 million for these like completely unproven cures. What I find to be so wild about this story is that we so rarely get a view of the whole thing. Like, this is the whole operation. You have the right-wing conspiracy theorist, and then you have the telemedicine website, which is charging people, and you have the distributor. And you can sort of see the connections between them, and we so rarely get a, a view like that. And it's also like... America's frontline doctors, Simone Gold side of things, they have an enormous social media reach. They have hundreds of thousands of followers on, uh, you know, Twitter and Facebook and a huge Telegram group. And one thing that I found really interesting was when we were like looking into this, we discovered that there seemed to be a lot of churches that are promoting America's frontline doctors and very much like anti-vax propaganda. And so one that we found that was particularly, I don't know, wild, uh, came from Bridge Connection Ministries. And it's just like, you know, a church newsletter with a bunch of information. But, you know, in the middle of it, it has a big picture of, you know, doctors in lab coats holding hydroxychloroquine. And it says, have you been exposed to COVID by someone who was recently vaxxed? Contact America's Frontline Doctors for a phone consultation with an MD. They can prescribe you the COVID-19 medication you need to fight this virus. You know, we also have heard so much in the past four years, like since Trump became president in 2016, about the like, there's all these people who are living in like a completely different information sphere. And that because of social media, that people are getting completely different views of what politics is, what the truth is, what science is. And it's always been, like, to me, a little bit of a mystery of, like, why is this happening? Like, there's obviously political motivations, but why is the right pouring so much into knitting together this narrative? And, you know, one thing that's really been missing is the profit motive. And this, like, so clearly shows that even though, you know, we don't hear about it, even though we think that, like, the movement to take, I think people likened hydroxychloroquine to drinking bleach, like, the people who are doing that are being fed misinformation. And it's not just, like, innocent misinformation. There are people who are, like, standing there, like, ready to take people's money, and they're, like, feeding people disinformation in order to do that. I think one of the more like sinister things about this is that yeah it's not innocent misinformation it's not like oh there wasn't really a moon landing it's like lying to people about really important health stuff in the middle of a pandemic and one thing that's kind of like very sad about this because the hacked data included patient records. It included everything that they filled out in their intake forms. We know, you know, people's genders and ages and like where they live and things like that. The majority of people were in their 50s and 60s. People in their 50s and 60s who are really exposed to a lot of far right misinformation and conspiracy theories. They're like, they seem to be especially kind of targeted or susceptible to this, maybe. But I think that the sad thing is that they're also way more vulnerable to COVID-19. You know, the vaccine 
does a lot to protect people from getting hospitalized and especially does a lot to protect people from dying. Um, like 99% of the deaths are people that are unvaccinated. And so if there's all these people who are in their 50s and 60s who are unvaccinated, who are spending all their money on the snake oil, it's also putting them at a huge risk of getting really, really sick or dying from COVID. Simone Gold founded uh, America's Frontline Doctors, and actually she started a nonprofit called the Free Speech Foundation, and America's Frontline Doctors is the project of the Free Speech Foundation. It's basically the same thing. We looked at IRS documents for the Free Speech Foundation, and um, its fiscal sponsor is the Tea Party Patriots, and it has like a million dollar annual budget, they say. So basically they like started out with a lot of money and started out as like a Tea Party Patriots Foundation project. So they are like this group that's been, they kind of were started right after Obama took office in order to, basically in order to protest Obama and, you know, call for small government stuff. There's like three different groups. There's a 501c3, that's the membership organization, the nonprofit, but then there's also like a dark money super PAC and like a 501c4, which can like endorse political candidates. So this was... Reporting I did, like, I don't know, a few months ago, where an anonymous hacker contacted me and sent me a bunch of data from the Tea Party Patriots. We also, like, had all of their donation records. And one thing that we found from all of that data was that there were multiple years where the vast majority of all the money coming in came in from a single billionaire. So it's it's very much like a billionaire-funded kind of fake grassroots movement, <laughs> And so, and so now this group is did a lot of the initial groundwork to get the America's Frontline Doctors started. So America's Frontline Doctors was founded last summer, and there's been a bunch of reporting about, uh, you know, like where the idea came from. And it looks like there was this conference call between a senior staffer of Trump's re-election campaign and then this Republican activist group called CNP Action, where Trump really wanted to rapidly reopen the economy. But the CDC was saying, like, no, we need to have shutdowns and we need to have all sorts of restrictions on businesses. And they basically were talking about how people trust doctors. So what we need is some extremely pro-Trump doctors to, like, go on TV and just say that Trump is right about everything. And that's kind of how it how it started. Simone Gold turned out to be like that doctor that was the main figurehead of that movement. And so now a year and a half into the pandemic, they've turned it into this big money-making racket. So so one of the main drugs that uh, they've been pushing is hydroxychloroquine. And, you know, early on in the pandemic, there was some hope that this drug could be an effective treatment. But then it quickly became clear after a bunch of studies that it really wasn't. There's been um, several studies with, you know, large sample sizes. And basically, they, they had two groups of people They gave people the drug, they gave people placebos. And it turned out that for people who don't have COVID, it doesn't make any effect on whether or not they get COVID. And for people who do have COVID, it doesn't have any effect on whether or not they get hospitalized or die. So basically, it's just shown to be ineffective. And um, it also can have some serious side effects, including like heart problems. And nevertheless, it was promoted by Trump. It was like enthusiastically promoted by Trump. And a lot of people ended up 
you know, taking it. And like, even now it's still getting prescribed by quacks like this, even though it just doesn't work. Yeah, I was really shocked by this because I sort of thought that like we had passed the hydroxychloroquine news cycle. I mean, ivermectin, we've heard a lot about this summer, but it seemed like hydroxychloroquine was sort of this remnant of the Trump era. And I was really surprised to see how many people are still requesting to have it prescribed to them. Yeah, but I mean, I do think that you're right that like ivermectin is is a lot more popular right now. And it's also a lot more profitable right now. Like I, um, based on our data, the, the pharmacy Ravco made $4.7 million selling ivermectin as compared to $1.2 million selling hydroxychloroquine. I think ivermectin started to get really popular around when the Delta variant was taking off. And basically all of the um, health authorities, like the WHO, the National Institute of Health, and the CDC and the FDA are all basically saying, we don't have enough data to determine if this is useful or not. And even more than that, these the most damaging thing about these medications is that they're being hawked as a replacement for the vaccine. So people are being encouraged to not take the vaccine and to take these other things instead. The, the, the lie here is that there are effective preventions and treatments of COVID that are alternatives to the vaccine. And that's just not true. Like by far the best thing that everyone can do to keep everyone safe to end the pandemic sooner is to get vaccinated. But ivermectin is um, in like, you know, appropriate human doses shouldn't be that harmful. But the CDC actually had to issue a health advisory because people were taking way too much of it. And a lot of the reasons is because they were they were like getting the horse version and following the instructions as if they were a horse and then getting really sick. The other implication of your story is that the regulations around telemedicine loosened during the pandemic. So we don't know exactly how many more of these sites there could be how many more pharmacies are like profiting by distributing these medicines. And I found that to be really scary. It's like we sort of came across this set of operations, but like how many others are there? We have no idea. Yeah, we have no idea. I mean, I think that this is one of the bigger groups out there doing it. When you look in anti-vax forums where people are are desperately trying to figure out how they can get ivermectin. People are always mentioning America's frontline doctors. But a lot of times they're just like, you know, I tried them, I couldn't get through, or they didn't call me back, or like, I got a prescription, but the, the pharmacy never filled it. And this is kind of what drove them to start buying the like version of ivermectin that is for animals. And so this is why you know, they're like, always just have your your like horse medicine on hand just so that you have it in case you get COVID or something. Is there any hope for regulation of this kind of website? Like, who's in charge of that? Yeah, so I have been talking to a bunch of people who have been trying to regulate these doctors. Turns out that every state has a medical board, and it's the medical board's responsibility to discipline doctors. And there have been a bunch of attempts to do this, but so far during the pandemic, none of the like doctors that have been basically selling these fake cures have had any discipline yet. 
there's a uh, new group called No License for Disinformation. They wrote an op-ed in the Washington Post recently, specifically about Simone Gold and the Americans Frontline Doctors. They were calling on medical boards to revoke the licenses of like quack doctors that are just profiting off of the pandemic. And it turns out that like medical boards seem to be extremely underfunded and they also seem to be extremely um, slow. Like I was just reading about the California Medical Board and they get something like 10,000 complaints a year and they only have the capacity to address like a thousand of them. And each complaint takes on average like a year and a half to address. Yeah, that's insane. And what like what was the company's reaction when well first I guess we should say that it was really difficult to figure out exactly who was running these companies. Yeah. <laughs> you know, America's Frontline Doctors is extremely prominent and it's easy to figure out who's associated with them. But when it came to the specific companies, you know, we had to like look at corporate records and like find these CEOs who are not well known people at all. Yeah, it was confusing because we actually spent a lot of time digging into historical who is data, which is basically the data that describes the ownership of domain names. And so like we started out just knowing like, okay, speak with an MD.com, who is behind this? Cadencehealth.us, who is behind this? You know, when you go and look up the who is records, they're all behind anonymizing proxy things. You know, you can't see it. So, you know, we had to like pay services that regularly check who is data and then keep records of historical data to be like, oh, well, it looks like a year ago it had this information in the who is records. So it, it was kind of difficult tracking down who the owners of, of these companies were. For Avku, the CEO is Alpesh Patel. And I uh, ended up actually finding a phone number for him and calling him on the phone and explaining that um, uh, his online pharmacy was compromised. We have all of these prescription records. And then I wanted to just ask him questions about his relationship with America's Frontline Doctors, with Encore Telemedicine. And at first he was like super dismissive and like he's like, no, this isn't possible we have a secure platform. And once I convinced him that it actually was hacked, I sent him a, a screenshot of the um, administrator interface that, that my source had sent me. He was basically just like, oh, I have to deal with HIPAA compliance stuff. This is more important than whatever your journalism is. And it like hung up on me. But then later he called back and he ended up telling me a bunch of stuff before and like kind of talking about like answering some of the questions I was asking until he kind of was just like, okay, I have to go. And then he just wouldn't respond to me anymore. And eventually I got an email from his lawyer saying, like, if you have any more questions for, uh, you know, about your journalism, go through me instead. And the other platform, Cadence Health, has a CEO named Roque Espinal. He said they're not directly profiting from this. What else did he have to say? Roque Espinal, I got him on the phone. And this was really interesting because I explained this whole situation. And he said that he had no idea that this is going on. He actually, like, what he said is, I'm totally flabbergasted. I had to look up exactly who these people were. I'm fully vaccinated. My children are fully vaccinated. I'm trying to make heads and tails of this right now. I don't want to be associated with any crap like that, none of that quackery that's going on. And so basically, it seems that America's Frontline Doctors is partnered with Encore Telemedicine, which is basically Encore's website Encore runs the website, speakwithanmd.com. 
And then speak with an MD or Encore is basically paying Cadence Health for technology services for, for running the telemedicine platform. And Cadence Health is the one that got hacked. And so what Espinal told me is that he just started this company with this telemedicine platform. Encore was his first and only customer. Um, they haven't even like really fully launched, he says. And uh, he had no idea that this was going on. He, he just had a customer that, that needed a telemedicine platform. After I talked to him, like that day, the day before we published the story, he basically completely dropped Encore as a client. And so like after we published the story, or like the day before we published the story, the telemedicine website went down. That was pretty interesting because it it's actually up now. It came up like a few days ago, but it was basically down for a week. And I did the math. On average, they were making $113,000 a day on these $90 consultations, which means being down for a week, they lost like $800,000. Just to make clear, we only know how much these companies are charging patients for telemedicine consultations and for prescriptions. We don't actually know what their net profit is. But still, charging $113,000 per day doing $90 consultations is wild. Yeah, that's like a pretty good salary a day. <laughs> it feels like it's been like a year of hacks of right-wing sites. There's the Epic hack, the Gab hack. You have received hacks of this healthcare data and of data from the Tea Party Patriots, the Oath Keepers. So what's happening? I mean, I don't know. It's sort of like the golden age of hacktivism right now. And it's kind of absurd because I'm just drowning in data sets. Like there, there's just so many hacks going on and so much data that is like, out there to be able to be researched. Fallout continues after a hacking group named Anonymous took responsibility for a massive data breach of Epic, an internet company that registers website domains. So Epic is mostly a domain name registrar. So like a company that sells domain names, but they also sell web hosting and, and other similar services. But they are this company that has been really kind of notorious for working closely with like neo-Nazis and, and right-wing extremists. Like they briefly ran the uh, domain name for the Daily Stormer, which is for, for decades, one of the biggest neo-Nazi sites on the internet. And they, they do hosting stuff for Gab and for Parler. And so basically like all of these very extremist groups use Epic because Epic, like the CEO is Rob Monster. He's pretty sympathetic to these ideologies and just won't take anything down. Some of you are probably familiar with the Southern Poverty Law Center. I was immediately named to their hate watch. Uh, if you go to Wikipedia, there are articles about me and about Epic uh, that are uh, a catalog of uh, collective wisdom uh, of a manufactured consensus of a highly liberal media that would like to uh, condemn uh, anybody who is basically engaged in a system of supporting what they consider to be wrong speak. And so they got hacked. They got hacked like really badly. This is one of the biggest, most major hacks that I've seen where there's like 10 years of records. The hacked data includes the real names behind all these domains. And so you can see like a lot of Proud Boy websites have been exposed, like the people behind them and things like that. 
So uh, Anonymous has taken credit and Anonymous has had like three different enormous releases of data with like like hundreds of gigabytes of data. But the most recent one included a backup of texasgop.org from like September 9th or something like that. By looking at the data, I was able to basically restore the backup and then I could just like click through their website as if I was an administrator on texasgop.org. And we found like there's just like massive amounts of private information on there too because they have these forms where it's like everyone who signs up for their mailing list. Like they had a careers page where it's like, we have like over a thousand resumes for people applying for jobs with the Texas Republican Party. And so that was that was definitely very interesting. And so was the hack of this healthcare patient data, is it associated with all of these other hacks or is it just kind of part of a loose movement of people doing this? I don't know. I think it's part of a loose movement of, of like hacktivism. I think that there are a handful of different groups and different people that are very good hackers that are hacking things right now and either like publishing it or um, sending it to journalists. And I think that this is just one of them. I also found it really interesting that the hacker seemed to have some sense of like ethics around the, the patient privacy because this hacker did not just go out and publish patient records. They sent them to a journalist. I get the impression from talking to this person that they didn't want all of this stuff to become public. What they wanted to do was to like expose the the pandemic profiteers, expose who is making money off of us. And oh, and actually one interesting thing about this whole story is HIPAA, the healthcare privacy law in the United States that basically requires healthcare providers to protect patient data. One thing that's kind of funny is that recently in the news, a lot of anti-vaxxers were making these huge deals claiming that it was a violation of HIPAA to ask if you're vaccinated before you're allowed to like enter a business. They, they feel entitled to scrutinize other people's discretion, whether it be masks or social, social distancing or vaccinations. This is a seriously slippery slope, folks. It also has massive HIPAA concerns. So I'm out. I'm out on your big government malarkey. It's garbage. I'm going to do me and you do you. If you don't like me walking around without a mask, stay home and let freedom ring, baby. And that's not a violation of HIPAA at all. That, that doesn't have anything to do with HIPAA. But, you know, these websites um, were basically failing to protect patient data. So like RavQ and Cadence Health were ridiculously easy to hack. They were like kind of wide open. So that potentially could be a HIPAA violation. The Ravku website, the hacker told me that they made an account on the website. Anyone can make an account. And then that they just found this secret super admin URL. And if you go to that URL, you're just logged in as a super admin. And so basically they were able to, from there, click through and view all of the data in the database. And anyone could do this as long as you have an account, which anyone could make. Well, Michael, what do you think? Do you think that these companies are going to be able to continue to work in their own space, sort of unregulated? Or is there any hope of sort of getting them to stop? (laughs) So I'm hoping that there will be some sort of like investigation into these groups, but I don't, I don't really know if that could happen. I'm hoping that the whole issue of, of doctors who are really just kind of hurting everybody and profiting off the pandemic that these doctors get decertified and don't get to keep practicing medicine. 
And that's a very like decentralized problem. It has to be tackled state by state. But I hope that that happens. Also, like, I don't know, I've been hearing a lot of really interesting things from a lot of different people related to, you know, these these companies and this um, this whole like selling these fake cures for COVID. And so I think that there will likely be more reporting on this in the future. Micah, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks. This was great. And that does it for this episode of Intercepted. Follow us on Twitter at Intercepted and on Instagram at Intercepted Podcast. Intercepted is a production of First Look Media and The Intercept. Jose Olivares is lead producer. Supervising producer is Laura Flynn. Betsy Reed is editor-in-chief of The Intercept. And Rick Kwan mixed our show. Our theme music, as always, was composed by DJ Spooky. Until next time, I'm Nausicaa Renner. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 